is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. The Talking Buds podcast. About the buds, by the buds, for the buds. This is the Talking Buds podcast. Sometimes I wish that we weren't restricted by copyright laws because I would have really liked to have kicked this episode off with like Enter Sandman by Metallica as the intro music. Maybe you could have edited in some Joey Styles sound ups from the ECW talking about the old wrestler the Sandman do you, do you know where I'm going with this no where are you going with this I actually no I think I I think I might know where you're going the Sandman Rasmus Sandin you're all over I'm, I want I want to get make this a thing the Sandman yeah I'm sure. I'm sure somebody will come. I'm sure somebody will stumble upon that. You seem like kind of underwhelmed by it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not the. It's not the greatest thing you've ever heard. No, it's not a bad idea. I just don't think he's a big enough legend to have that name yet. You know what? You're not underwhelmed by Ryan. What's that? Two straight wins since coming back from the All Star break. No, it's big, man. Like they. They have to win. Like tonight, I'm playing a pretty good hockey team, a team that's at their level in the standings around them in points, even though they're in different conferences, to pull out a victory against this team and then to beat a team you're better than in Nashville. Like you look at the standings, man, there's no other choice. You need W's. I don't care how you get them at this point. I'm pretty much over trying to analyze Everything about this team, we know what they are. They need W's. I need a playoff round. I would like a playoff run, but I at least need a playoff round because I'm down for some more postseason pints. I need those. Speaking of which, I'm going to have a little uh, regular season pint right now. Yeah, you stole. You, I literally was about to crack the can. You just had to. I just had to slide in steal there. Steal my, steal my little bit there. Oh, I did. I did. You know, today I'm going with the Cottage Springs vodka soda lime nice. or lemon. Delicious. Lemon lime. Delicious. Yes, because I'm trying to work off the barrel. Cottage Springs is delicious. That that is that was my New Year's resolution. I'm trying to stick to it. I know you, some people say stay away from alcoholic beverages. I can't really do that. So Cottage Springs vodka soda is my choice for a low calorie beverage. 
and it's delicious, and I enjoy it. My New Year's resolution, as I said, was to drink more water. I've, I think I've been uh, successful in that thus far. Really takes a toll on your on your body though when you first start doing it. Like, yeah, you have, how's uh people at work are probably like, what are you doing? Yeah, just going to the. Why do you keep disappearing yeah. every twenty five minutes? Yeah, just going to the washroom nonstop. Yeah. So as you put it earlier, they need the wins. They're now set at sixty one points, tied with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. Still currently not in a playoff position, but. They looked uh, they looked pretty good in Nashville and in Dallas. We, we we have to start with Rasmus Sandin, Ryan, because he was the main topic of discussion following the Nashville game. Um he we're just going to pick up where we've left off the last couple of weeks. He's an NHL defenseman. Like I I don't care what anybody says. He's an NHL defenseman. Yeah, he is. He really is. Even though I thought he was he was the talk in Nashville. He had a great game. Um, he could, the poise with the puck is his best attribute, and he made a couple really great plays. But I thought against Dallas, um, I thought he looked a little small out there, and I also think he needs to work on his foot speed a little bit. Um, his decision-making with the puck in all zones is phenomenal. It's at an NHL level. But I thought tonight he looked a little bit small and a little bit slow. And that's a young guy. Like he he's he's not a very big dude, but his ability and experience he'll gain from playing more games in the NHL is gonna allow him to make decisions that can kind of hide his size. You know, he's just he's a smart player, figure it out. But I thought tonight he looked a little overwhelmed at, at some points of the game. And, well, in his defense, he's also playing with an albatross as a defense partner. Guy sucks. Yeah, I thought I saw him out there with a couple guys. I, I liked when him and Dermot were out there. I thought Dermot played a really good game too. Yeah. I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Yep. Um, uh, I'd like to see him calm down a little bit when he's making decisions with the puck sometimes, but. Man, the guy finishes his checks, and he does make great plays. Yeah, so. I told you. I've I noticed that. I've been noticing that since he uh, came back from injury. He's added like a level of physicality to his game this year that I don't remember him having in previous years. Yeah, and he's not like headhunting or like looking for guys with their heads down. He's just finishing his checks, and it's a breath of fresh air for this hockey team. Playing with Tyson Berry, who got a goal tonight, Ryan. I feel as though I have to come on here and like give him props because I don't think there's anyone in Leafs Nation who's been harder on Tyson Berry than myself. So I feel like I need to come on here tonight and tip my hat to him. I thought he and Dermot both played well. He got a nice goal. Um, the Tyson Berry fans go on and on about his point shot, and we all saw why, saw why tonight, and... He should probably do that more. That's my. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I thought he played okay tonight, but he's just he's Tyson Berry. He's gonna have some offensive chances, and he's gonna give away the puck on his own end. I thought he was better than he usually is uh, tonight, but nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get too stoked over one goal. Before we move over to the uh, forwards. I want to talk a little bit more. Like, I, I don't want to leave the defense just yet. The um, 
Bob McKenzie reported the other day the Leafs are in the market for a right-shot defenseman. Um, I would go as far as to say pretty much every team in the NHL is in the market for a defenseman. Um, there's been all kinds of speculation as to who they would move. I I thought about it today, Ryan, before we came on here, and I'm like, do Ryan and I do like hypothetical GM mode? And like, I'm hesitant to do that because it's really hard to make a trade in the National Hockey League. And I've heard a lot of media since that came out on Monday, just like, it's like a foregone conclusion that Dubas is ma- going to make a deal. Well, you know, when they add someone, when they add a defenseman at the deadline, it's like, I, who, it, it's not easy to make an in-season trade in the National Hockey League. And I would go as far as to say you just added a top four defenseman in Rasmus Sandin. So, Riley comes back. You put, you potentially want to get another guy to take CC off the ice, but I don't know. What do you think about this? Like, I I just I don't want to operate under the assumption that Dubis is just going to pull a rabbit out of his hat because it is not easy to do. No, and I if you look at the track record of all the deals that are done at the deadline, especially over the last like three or four years, like it's it's I I just don't like the track record of what it does, what a rental does for your team or adding a piece at the deadline. Don't make a deal unless it's for someone of consequence, unless it's somebody who's actually going to step in and make a huge difference. Don't add a depth guy. Don't add Brian Boyle in a defenseman type of, like that type of player just to add to your defense and potentially replace Cody Cece. It's like... just roll with what you got unless it's like a can't miss big deal could change which rarely comes around at the trade it deadline. never comes around at the trade right? deadline it never comes like, around you, which is the muzzin deal last year that was that was well before the trade deadline that was weeks before yeah and i i like jake muzzin as a player but like he has his moments too, where it's like, eh, I don't know how, I don't know how good he actually are. I thought he was kind of shaky tonight at some points, but like, no one's making big deals at the deadline. What, what's the sense of giving up a second round pick or whatever to get some guy who's going to be a depth guy who potentially could play on the third pair or sit in the press box? It's like, if that's going to make everybody feel better, then okay, because I don't care what. Why would you do that? Like, just roll. I don't think he's going to make a trade. I think he is so confident in the team he has, even though they are reeling from a playoff spot and they are out of the playoffs as we speak. But I just don't see him. The only thing I can see him doing is maybe tossing, like I said, like a second round pick at somebody. But it's like, what are you going to get? You're not going to get rid of a, a good player just out of depth defenseman so your fan base and the media who covers you can feel better. Yeah, I, I just don't see the point in doing that. I'm glad that that's your opinion because I just I'm just been listening to it all week and I'm just like, what is like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no there's no guarantees a deal's going to be made. It's too hard. Yeah, like it's it's like, you know what the success. You know how your team is successful? Your best players play like your best players. Is, like I don't I don't feel the need to go out and just add a guy because in the eyes of the fan base and the media and the whole NHL, the Leafs are weak on defense. It's like unless you're going to move somebody big and get somebody big, like stop talking about it. 
It's useless. You need Morgan Riley to be your best defenseman in the playoffs or down the stretch when he comes back and, and is healthy. You need Dermot to play better. You need Sandine to play like he's been. Yeah, you need Sandine to play like he's been in the NHL for three years. You need Cody Cece to somehow not puck watch. You oh. need Jake Muzzin to get back to a level where he's starting to shut down more guys. Like That's how you're going to win. You're not going to win by going to add... I can't even think of a guy, but just a depth guy. Like, no. No, it's not. I I totally agree with you. And you actually uh, layered in a nice transition there by saying your best players need to be your best players. Because tonight, Ryan, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Zach Hyman were the Leafs' best players. That was phenomenal to watch. It can't. It, it was a great game tonight against the Dallas yeah, Stars. Yeah, it was like, a very entertaining yeah, game. Like, and, I, and I thought the game the other night was pretty good, right? too. Like, normally, it, it's like we're like we're, we're in, like, January, like a Wednesday night game in Dallas. Traditionally, you're kind of like, eh. Like, it's like, like I my eyes are on the Monday's game against Florida. Because that's, like, an impactful. I'll be at that game, by the way. That's an impactful game in the division. So, a Wednesday night game against Dallas, you're kind of like, okay, let's go in here and you're just do our best, get two points. Great game from bell to bell tonight. Really, really good. Oh, I'll be at that game. Oh, yeah. Layer that. Cool, bud. Yeah, layer that in, eh? Yeah, have fun. Yep. I'll be at that game. Date night with the fiance. Yeah, well, I, I'll i say it right now. I got to say it before we even talk about the forwards. Um, William Nylander. I've harped on this guy, but you got to give credit and he's been phenomenal. Oh. Like he's been their best player. Ladies and gentlemen. Um someone yeah, clipped that audio. Well, it's just it, it, you could just see the di- I've never seen a hockey player like when he's playing well, like you just like, "Oh my god, look at him out there." And then when he sucks, it's just like he's just nowhere. He's a ghost. Like I've never seen him command the puck in the offensive zone more than I, than these past stretches of games where he's had these goals. Like him just He's even though he's around the perimeter, like he's just creating space. He's using his speed. He has his head up. He's making great passes. He's scoring when he has the chance. I can tell you exactly um, what's going on with William Nylander. All you got to do is watch one of his media scrums. The guy is just brimming with confidence. He wants it out there. Like he, he is not like last year. Well documented was a disaster. This year. He is like, he is back in the zone. And all the points you just mentioned are because he is like, he's feeling it when he's out there right now. And that just yeah, goes to show he you. he loves scoring goals. Yeah. He loves it. And that's what like, he is. Just, that's what he is. That's why I always say to the haters, like, the, he's, a, he's a, William Nylander is on brand every single time you watch him. He's virtually invisible in the defensive zone. And... When he's playing like this and he's confident, he's everywhere in the offensive zone trying to score a goal. Yeah, and I thought that line wasn't that great defensively tonight, no. as you just pointed out with his play. I thought that line gave up a couple nice chances in the uh, D zone, but, man, he's around the net, and he's his zone entries oh, ooh, yeah, that's it. Are, are great. I bought in, man. Um, surprisingly. I'm a believer in the zone entries. And, and like, he's, like, just controlling the ozone like I've just never I've never even seen him do this when he was playing at his best 
uh, a couple of years ago. Like, this is the best I've ever seen William Nylander play in his whole career right now. Yeah, that's right. And it's hard, and it, you can't deny it. Like, it's just, especially in Nashville, like, he was their best player by a mile in that game. Like, he was phenomenal. Ryan, you deserve credit because you are someone who has struggled with him in the past, and right now you are not afraid to admit that he is playing very, very well. And there are a lot of anti-Nylander people who still are hesitant to do that. So I'm going to give you props right now. Well done. Well, those people need to chill and stop listening to Skip Bayless because you can admit when a guy's playing well and and admit when you're wrong. And, like, the guy's always going to drive me crazy. Like, when he's playing, he's red hot right now. But he's going to slow down at some point. And there's going to be tendencies in his game that are just, I'm never going to love. Well, he's not. And he's just, But right now, he's just at a hot, hot. He's white hot. He, and he's doing everything right. Everyone just has to wrap their head around the fact that he's not a 200-foot player. And if you want to debate, well, he's paid too much for a guy who only plays on one end of the ice, then that's that's fine if you want to debate that. That's your opinion. But, like, he's not a 200-foot player. No, he's not. But the thing that was driving me crazy, too, is, yeah, like, I I wish he was a better 200-foot player. I wish he did four-check harder. But, like, he wasn't scoring. Like, he didn't score for a year and a half. Yeah. Like, when he's scoring and he's he's putting up points and he's being a, the superstar that he's supposed to be, you can forget about the other things. Yeah. Or if they're not as big of a deal. Like, just produce. Yeah. And I will be happy. All right, talk a little bit about um, Marner, Matthews, and Hyman. Well, first of all, Zach Hyman had the game of his life tonight. He was all over the place. Oh, boy. That guy, there's one thing that Mike Babcock got right, and it was having the foresight to see how good this guy was. Can be as a hockey player, he's, like he is phenomenal. He's turned, oh. he's turned himself into a top six forward in the NHL. Like if you're someone who's like the still four checking yeah. is just oh. out of this world, and the pers- puck pursuit is the best. Yeah. If you're somebody who's still sitting there and you, you're like arguing against the fact that Zach Hyman is a top six forward in the National Hockey League, then you, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're just any stubborn. coach would lay over. To have Zach Hyman on their team. Yep. Like, this guy brings it every single night. And he's putting in, he's putting the puck in the net, too. Like, tonight, it was a pretty goal. But, man, that guy will stand out in front of that net and take one off his face. And it'll go in. He doesn't care. He He's, he's just, he's so good. And then, getting to Marner and Matthews, like, when you see both those guys, they have two points after tonight. It's like, that's that's the way it should be. That that's what that's what Kucherov did last year and Stamkos and that's what Connor McDavid does and like you want these elite hockey players to earn their contracts and even though I'm so far from caring about contracts but it's just like when you see your two best players on the same line setting each other up and both having two points in a big game like that's there's the recipe not a depth defenseman. It's your best line being your best line. And they were their best line tonight. Well, did you know that there was a rule written in some sacred book somewhere 
that only Mike Babcock had access to that said Matthews and Marner were never allowed to play together. And it didn't make any sense. And if you put them out there for one shift and they made one mistake, that was it. Never again. Yeah, I know. It's not an episode of Talking Buds unless one of us takes a dig at the the former head coach. Yeah. I think I'm starting to get over it. I think I'm starting to let go of the comments a little bit. But it's... It is I, quite I, ridiculous Ryan, when you see these two guys setting each other up. I, I think I'm over it, and then I watch games like tonight, and I realize I'm not over it. Like, I just watch that. Like, particularly the first goal. Both goals. What am I talking about? Like, the, the first one where Marner sets up Matthews, and then Matthews with the behind-the-back behind pass, excuse me, to Marner with an even nicer pass to Hyman. But no, yeah, couldn't play together. With the beauty finish. Yeah, couldn't pay. Couldn't play together. Not allowed. That's a great line. Like that is a perfectly constructed line. If you really look at it, you got a grinder who can put the puck in the net. You got a one of the probably top three best passers in the NHL who can also put the puck in the net. And then you have arguably the best goal scorer in the league, best even strength goal scorer in the league for sure. And. That's that's a perfectly constructed line on paper. That is everything you would want. A, a playmaker, a scorer, and a grinder you, who also can can finish. Like You said earlier that you don't want to talk about contracts, but I'm going to throw something at you right now. Zach Hyman has one year left on his deal at 2.25. Do you envision a scenario where he potentially, like that his salary significantly increases? No, I I don't. I I see it in maybe like the max five million. That that's the range I see for him. That's like, a lot of money for he, Zach Hyman. It is, and and it's. I'm not gonna get too stoked on him. Like I I love Zach Hyman. I w- I wish he could be a Maple Leaf forever, but he is a guy who you could love who could possibly have to go for salary implications in a perfect world. We all love Zach Hyman. We all want Zach Hyman to be in a Leaf uniform. What he brings is special. You need it on a team, but I, I'm not gonna be like sign him right now. Like there's gonna be half. There's gonna be some hard decisions in the future on, on the roster, and sometimes you have to let a guy go like that, which you really don't want to. And neither does the fan base. But that is too far ahead for me. All I'm focusing on right now is that this team is just getting W's because I need the playoffs. You need W's. I need W's. I don't care how you get them. This team is not great defensively. I am over it. Yep. Go if you out gotta there win and five, win four, five three. Let's do it. Let's Go do, do it. it. Yep. Like I don't Go care. Do like yeah. Are you, are you a cup team? Uh, probably not, but I don't. I need to see a play. I think everybody listening to this po- uh, podcast needs a playoff run in their life. Oh my god, it'd be oh. it would be it would be devastating if there was no playoff run. Imagine. Oh my god, it'd be awful. It's like oh, you, you go through this whole rebuild and you have a couple good years and then you miss out on the playoffs. It's like. Oh, like, I don't think I could handle it. Speaking of the playoffs, Ryan, I'm sitting here right now as I do this show with you, and I have the Oilers and the Flames on 
in the background, if this is a first round series, this might be the first non-Leaf playoff series in a while that I try and tune into every game of. These two teams are just every single time the whistle is blown, someone is shoving someone. It's outstanding. Here's a lesson on how you draw eyeballs to hockey. Fighting. <laughs> Beef. Yep. Rivalries. Yep. Bad blood. Zach Cassian. Would I ever... Kachuk in the head. Would I ever be stoked to watch Calgary and Edmonton play each other for the third time this year? Nah. You throw a couple dirty hits and a couple fists thrown in a province rivalry like you want eyeballs Connor on the product David. yeah like you you want you want people to pay attention and be interested there you go it's interesting right it's like um this is a, a discussion maybe we can have for another time but it's true. It's like, how do you get people like you and me who are like diehard Leaf fans? And I'm like, I know a lot of people that they, they will tune in and watch other hockey. I I watch a lot of highlights to keep up with the rest of the league. But like, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm sitting down on a Thursday night and watching Vancouver and Carolina. No, why? Why? Like, why would you? Unless you just like we both have full time jobs. Like, we do this podcast. We watch every Leaf game. I love the game of hockey, but there, there's other things I got to do before I sit down and watch any other game. Like, the Canadians play the Lightning. Like, I'm not, I can't watch that on a on a Tuesday night. Like, no. Nah. You can't. But, like, throw some punches and you'll get people watching. <laughs> on that note, Ryan... Let's do this week's Bums and Beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That is right. It's this week's Bums and Beauties. Ryan, before... I'm going to ask you for a spoiler here. Are you going to pick Rasmus Sanding? Am I going to pick him? Yeah, are you going to pick him as your beauty of the week? No. Okay, then I'm going to pick him as my beauty of the week. I didn't want to both do it. But I'm sitting here, Ryan, and I'm hearing all this talk about how the Leafs need to add a defenseman, and you just added one. And I agree, he's still young, but he's he's in the organization. And you can keep him here, and he fits with the salary cap, and he's... You don't have to trade, have to anything, trade anything to get him. Exactly. He's not uh, like, a, like a depth piece. He's a change... In my opinion, he's already one of their four best defensemen. If, if, you, if you put him with a partner who wasn't awful, maybe that would help out as well. But I'm pumped on this guy. I've been pumped on this guy since training camp. I've been pumped on him since I went to the Marlies game last year and watched him. And I was like, this kid is really, really good. So let's do this right now. 
Who who is better than him on their defense car right now? In your opinion. Um Muzzin, because of the NHL experience and just the fact that I think Muzzin is their most solid, like, stay-at-home guy back there. And Riley, when Riley isn't awful. And I thought Dermot played really well tonight. I agree with you. So I I think him and Dermot would. And I know there's a lot of people. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not putting Tyson Berry in there. Like, I just, uh, and it, you can, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Guy got a nice goal uh, I tonight. I do think Tyson Berry is a better defenseman than than Rasmus Sandin. I refuse right now. to. I refuse. I think. I think. I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I, I think. I don't care if Riley's at his worst. Riley's the best defenseman on this hockey team. Okay. Yes. Agreed. Jake Muzzin. Yep. Um, skill wise, I'd take Sandin any day of the week. Yep. But I agree with you. Experience, cup wins. Yeah. Seems like a beauty in the locker room. Yep. Uh, Dermot is better uh they're very similar but Dermot is just is just better and um but he's I I take him over CC I take him over Justin Hall I I don't love Justin Hall like he he is not he does not get me fired up whatsoever like I I, I appreciate his story but I just I, I don't get fired up about like how much ice that guy gets like I just don't think he's that spectacular i don't know yeah we're on a rant yeah i i think part of the thing with hole too is he shoots right and they're yeah like he's pretty good i don't know i just went on a little tangent there i i just i don't know i see i see like we you always see the the twitter and everyone just gets so fired up over justin hole and it's like yeah no i think yeah yeah he's yeah. he's ryan he's on a team that is like really volatile in their own zone he's like a solid presence back there and i think that's important he, he's a big mac he's not and, a q a double qp with cheese no but the problem that i have with tyson berry is tyson he's not berry, 10 nuggies tyson berry is awful defensively like awful and then and if he's scoring goals like he does tonight on a regular basis it's kind of like nylander like i'd lay off him but like he scores once in a blue moon. Tyson Berry is a consistent point getter in the NHL. Like I don't care what his plus minus looks like. Like the fact of the matter is, you you tell me to take William Nylander for what he is. Like the same thing applies to Tyson Berry, and the same thing applied to Jake Gardner when he was here. Tyson like, Berry. Tyson Berry a is a forty plus point defenseman for the Colorado have an ugly plus minus number for the Colorado avalanche. Not for the Rasmus said he's not better than Tyson Berry right now. Well, Ryan, there's there's Ryan. No, I'm better than Tyson Berry right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Barry just bugs me. He gets on my nerves, but you're right. Barry's got the experience has the history in the league. So yes, we'll put Barry in front of Sandy on the depth chart. All right. Beauty of the week, Zach Hyman. Yeah. I already laid it out all earlier. Like, come on. Like, great number. Great human being. Hard worker. Like, what's the, what's not to like about Author the Author of Phenomenal. children's books. Yeah. Just, just a 
entrepreneur on the outside. We got a fight in this game right now. We got Nugent Hopkins. What? Fighting. I can't you gotta see. You got to play by play this. Yeah, I can't see he's on the ground. They're, they've stopped. I can't see. The player's oh, back man. is on the ground. When he gets up, I will I will announce. The helmets are off and they're throwing. This is fantastic. Monahan. This is this is hockey, right? Nugent here, Hopkins buddy. and Monahan. Helmets off, throwing bombs. Take violence out of the game. Yeah, throwing bombs. Outstanding. How are the ratings for this game? I know, right now? I know. I know. Through the roof. I know. Throw punches. Monahan. Another cro- reason why I love Zach Hyman. Guy get guy gets in it. Yeah. Monahan cross checks Nugent Hopkins in the back. Nugent Hopkins turns around, gives him a whack, off come the gloves, and here we go. Fantastic. Two lightweights. Yeah, I know, I know. Two uh two one fifty fivers. Yeah. Anyways, keep going with Zach Hyman. Nah, I'm pretty I've I've hit it all. I've hit it all. I talked to him about it last week. I laid it out earlier in the episode. He's the beauty of the week. Bum of the week. My reigning like he's gonna be go down as my bum of the year. Cody Cece. He's so horrible. He's not an NHL defenseman. He's getting paid $4.5 million, So they're reluctant to put him up in the press box. Hopefully that changes come playoff time. He's, he's just bad. Like, he's bad. And to quote Ray Ferraro from a couple of weeks ago, which I said on last week's show, stop analytics community telling me that his analytics are good. My eye, Everyone else's eyeballs tell me that he's awful. The goal tonight is straight up just him standing there puck watching and misses his guy, Dallas scores. It's just... This is, in my opinion, the worst move Kyle Dubas... Actually, no, the promoting Garrett Sparks and letting McElhaney go. So, the second worst move... Kyle Dubas has made in his tenure as GM of the Maple Leafs is signing this guy to a $4.5 million deal. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little shocking. It's ridiculous. He's awful. Speaking of Kyle Dubas moves, to me, the cadre trade started to get a little more interesting. It's it's seriously in the rear view, but to to bring up a topic of conversation, like I don't know how hot that trade's looking now. Like it was a good idea, but like I, I like I don't mind Kerfoot. Like he, he oh, here we some, go, here we go. Oh no, Cass! Oh my God, Cassian just wailing on Kachuk. The puck drops in the in the flame zone. Off come the gloves immediately, and Cassian is just pummeling Kachuk. This is outstanding. I don't even know if, like, I can't even focus. Not even like my TV isn't even close. To I me. wish we were live. I wish we were live right now. Oh. I wish we were live right now, and people were listening to us, and I could say, "Get, get to your television and put this on." Like, li- oh my god, this is. So they drop the puck. They're talking to each other before they drop the puck. And then as soon as the puck drops, off come the gloves. Fantastic. Like, literally, we're just like, we're going to go. Yeah, let's go. 
Excellent. Surprise, Kachuk actually dropped the gloves. Yeah, and he did not. I wasn't expecting that. He did not fare very well. I got to give him credit, though. Answered the Look bell. Look at the benches jawing at each other now. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. This is probably yeah, awful this... audio for people listening to this on the podcast. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. This it's is outstanding. Yeah, this is outstanding. I have goosebumps on my arm watching this. This is great. You just, See? Yeah. You want to take fighting out of the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Look what happens. Yeah. Look at you right now. I know. I'm I can tell you got a dumb smile on your face I know. just by I the know. way you're talking. I'm giddy. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyways, sorry. Even I'm fired Back up. I'm not even track. watching. Back it. on track. You were talking about the cadre deal. So you're saying that you're saying that um you think it's a bad deal that I, I don't I don't know if I go so far to say a bad deal, but like I, I feel like it's not brought up enough. I, I just like is it that great of a deal? Like it was a good idea. They needed a defenseman, add some forward depth, whatever. A cadre let you down in two playoffs. Well, I think I think I, that's it right there. I think the organization, like if if that, like you you want to talk just players. I would never do that deal. Like knowing what we know now, I would have never have done that deal. But I think the organization felt that they were in a place where he kind of screwed his teammates over for two years in a row that they felt they had to move on. I I don't I, like. I don't know why that's a thing. Like people are like, well, he got suspended two years in a row. Like you can't, they can't have him back. It's like, why? Who cares? Like, obviously but the only, the only guy who had the, the, the balls to stick up for his team. But that, but that was the narrative gets though. punished for that. That was the narrative though. Like if you li- listen to any show or read any article of after that happened, it was, well, he probably won't be back like next year because the organization can't possibly bring him back after that. It's like, why? He's still got a bunch of, he's still got years on his deal. Yeah. He's still got years on his deal. And it's like, okay, like he's not giving you the scoring depth you'd want from him on a third line spot. But like, I'd have, I'd rather have cat, even though a good guy, Pierre Engvall's is no, no slouch, but like, I wouldn't mind it stopping Cattery on the third line, throwing some hits, getting in some people's faces. Like Tyson Berry. Like, yeah, I know. Guy, you know what I want to see? I want to see nicely on the wing there with Tavares. So like I, I, I I'm not as like I I think he makes some good plays. Like I I actually like him. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's impactful. I, I like him as a player though. I, I yeah, that's just I, I think about that deal sometimes. I'm just like nah. You know what I would like to see though? Now that I think of it, is is they move? They took Riley off the first power play. He got injured. And then they've had Barry on there for a while. I want to see Sandine on the first power play. It's a little premature, but I think it's pretty clear that the guy has unbelievable puck handling skills and can and can make a pass. And I like how he takes wristers from the point too for tips. That that that's one thing I would like to see Keith do at one point. Get get Sandine out there. Oh, big time. Total Ryan, anything any I'm a proponent of putting Rasmus yeah, you're already you're on you're on the Sandman train already anything Sandine yeah. you're going I'm, I'm the president of the fan club bud all right yeah, you're there bum of the week all right bum of the week the Leafs first power play zone entry attempts <laughs> Jesus it is atrocious I don't know what they're doing I get the drop pass like it to me you can execute that play does it get a little monotonous after seeing it a hundred times? Yes. But like you could execute that play, but I don't understand what they're doing. Like they're 
They're looking for like the perfect way to enter the zone. I haven't seen them enter the zone clearly in three straight games and actually have a, a good attempts at the net and moving the puck around. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're looking for. Like, why do they not treat a power play like like they're five on five almost? Like, you don't have to dump the puck in and set on the four check, but like, you're a man up. You don't need to make the perfect pass to get in the zone. Like, you're wasting time. And everybody knows what you're doing now. It's it's very them. I know. And, it, like, if their power play is not horrible. Yeah, it's it, League-wide, it's pretty good. But it's, like, anyone who's watching it, like, has to agree with me. Like, I don't know what they're doing. And then and then the second unit comes out, and they get in the zone immediately. Yeah. Andreas Janja just takes the puck. He skates into the zone. They're in the zone. Yeah. I don't know what what Barry Marner and Matthews are doing. It's, it's very it's very them. It's very on brand. Just want to do the finesse like zone entry. Yeah, I just entry, I don't I don't get it. Pretty, I, I don't get how cutesy, pretty zone entry. I don't get how you could be in the film room and like watch that. Like if I was Sheldon Keefe, who seems like a very smart guy and thinks very s- similar to the way fans think about some things on this team, like now they're. Puck possession in the ozone has gone way up since he took over compared to Mikey Boy. But they got to be in the film room looking at that power play entry being like, oh boy, this is awful. We need to fix this because it's embarrassing. Like, oh, get in the zone. Stop drop passing over and over and over again. And if you do, then make a play with it after. Like, oh atrocious i just i i I see it happen and i'm just like yeah just that's that's what they want to do like they want to they want to have the highlight reel zone entry yeah i don't the highlight reel pass tap in one timer what have you where are you at with johnny t right now he's he's okay he's he's struggling a little bit he's i don't know he's he he's he's been off all year, in my opinion, like he's had moments where he's looked better than others. Um, I do think there's something to him having a, a baby. I think that like affects you away from the rink. Um, yeah, it's just so hard to factor that in yeah. when you're watching the game. Like anytime someone mentions it, I'm like, yeah, but I could probably see. But that, I, I don't think he's. But. I don't think he's looked himself, and I think there's reasons for that, and I think that's one of them. He's not terrible. No, like no, he, he's not. He's, he's about at a point a game, which is like not, his career average you almost. Think, Ryan, like he's he's getting up there. Like he's approaching senior citizen yeah, status. In the, in I know, the and, and he doesn't have the type of game that can translate. Like he's not Ovi. Like he's not Sid. No. He's a very good hockey player, but he, he's not those guys. He's gonna have to find different ways to to make up for his lack of speed because that's all I see. He's he's on his ass all the time too. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with Johnny like kind of um, just kind of plugging along and coasting in the regular season because I, I look at the guys who all, who, to, who scored tonight to kind of carry them through. I, I'm Johnny needs to, to figure it out and get, get on the score sheet. If they make the playoffs, that's when Johnny needs to be visible and lead. So I'm okay I agree. if he, if he but, wants to. I, I, but a, l- a little more dominance um, on the offensive side would be a little nice because the guy the guy had a monster year last yeah. year. 
Yeah, but like I said, I, I just like is he, there is something just a little off about it, a little off about his play this year. I agree. Um, who else? Who else we got to hit? What do you think about Freddie? I think Freddie looks better. I thought Freddie was pretty good yeah. tonight. He uh, he looked shaky at the beginning of the Nashville game, but got better as the game went on. And I think he looked he looked kind of back to his own self tonight. He made a few big saves. He's another one where it's like like you look ahead. He's played a lot, right? And they got a layer Hutchinson in, right? And I, I, I've got, I know. I've got the schedule in front of me right now. So it's like you got the Senators on Saturday, you got the Panthers on Monday. So right away you look at it and you go, oh, you can put them in against the Sens. But you, as you said at the top of the show, they need these points. So well, hundred, yeah, I yeah. know, dude. Like they're they're in a tough place right now. Yeah. So- I, I, I was thinking about that as soon as they started the game. I like, he made his first save. I'm like, oh, there's Freddie again, and I'm just like, they they don't have much option here. No, they don't. Like, even when Freddie's at his worst, like Mikey Hutch is just he, you you're terrified when he's in the net. Yeah, so terrified. So the, so you you gotta play Freddie on Saturday because you need those points, and then the a huge game on Monday in the the, the division against the Panthers. So Freddie's obviously playing that. Then you got well, they're playing. They're, they got they got the Sens on Saturday. Yeah, the Sens on Saturday, and then the- I dude, you gotta take a chance with them, man. Like, uh, you gotta take a chance with the backup goal. You need Anderson in that net on Monday. You can ride him four straight. Yeah, that, that's fine. Like I, I don't really. Like to me, the goal because, now is getting the playoffs. We'll worry about the run later. Well, well, I'm looking at well, well, no, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you need like, don't you want to play Freddie in that game against the Senators to ensure you get those two points? Like the next time that I see that's them kind putting of a Babcock mentality though. Next Friday night, so a week Friday they play the Ducks, and then the following night they play the Habs. So like, what you put Hutch in on the Friday against the Ducks, who are awful. And then you play Freddie on the Saturday against the Habs. I mean, they never really play the Sens that well. No, that's what I'm worried about, right? But I like I, I at some point, like you have to put your backup goalie in, man. Like the, like <laughs> this guy's getting destroyed. You just had the All Star Weekend yeah, too. Yeah. Like you, you have to trust your backup goalie. He's a part of your team. He's a part of the formula. He he helps you get to the playoffs with his play as well. You can't ignore him. You you have to throw him in at some point. But it's just like I don't blame them for not because I'm nervous as hell when he's in the net. Yeah. And but yeah, they're in a tough spot, man. Like they because they need they need points, and you can't you can't afford to punt on a game by putting Hutchinson in at this point. Like you've put yourself in a position where you can't afford to do that. So I don't I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. It's really, it's tough. Yeah, and it's. And I, I'm happy to say I thought Freddie was was good in Nashville. I thought he was pretty good tonight. I thought all the goals he let in were were, were tough goals. I, I I'm at like I'm just. Sometimes I hate how when people just turn on him so easily. Like I, I'm gonna admit right now, I'm I'm very biased towards him. I think the workload that he's had to endure since he's put on this uniform uh all those years ago like it's he's he's had to work a lot and bail this team out of a lot of situations so when i get people texting me kind of throwing him under the bus when he lets in a softie it's like all right chill out what do you think of the like, uh, what do you think of the cn tower pads 
down with oh, them. Those are nice. Those are it's nice. It's just a nice, clean, white pad. Oh, yeah, those are nice. Yeah, I like those. Big, big fan of the CN yeah. Tower pads. Those are probably cheap. Oh, yeah. Probably buy those for a cheap price. Yeah. Does he pay? Did Would the team not pay for those? Yeah, they would. Yeah. I'm just saying for all you goalie hockey parents out there. Folks, please go find it's intermission now and they're playing they're replaying the highlights. Please find this Nugent Hopkins Monahan fight. This is fantastic. It's two 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 little two little skilled guys yeah. even getting involved and fighting, I'm telling it's you. Great. I'm on the train now. I'm back on the train. Yeah. It's like, yeah, seven six goals are nice, but when you get some bad blood flowing, it's so oh much boy, better. it's so much better. That's how so you watch. That's up. how that's how you watch. Yeah, it's like it's like we. The only time I think we experience it as Leaf fans is when they play the Bruins, and even then, not really because it doesn't get that physical. And we experienced it last year when they played the Islanders in that well, hostile like, bar. Even, even tonight, like Sandine gets run into the boards by Como. And Austin Matthews goes over and just kind of gives him a little get off it, get away from him. Well, well, that's what happened tonight too. There's a I don't saw, push him. Somebody clipped it on uh, Twitter. Ben's out front of the leaf net, and Marner kind of skates up to him, and Ben just shoves Marner out of the way. And Muzzin's like, "Hey, don't do that. Don't touch him. Don't do that. Yeah, stop it. That's not fair and clean hockey. Stop this is it. this is a skilled league we're trying to run yeah. here. Come on." Yeah. There's no need for that in in our game. I thought Ben kind of cooled out a little bit. I thought the start of the game, he was going to go, I'm just going to run these guys into the boards, see, watch them wilt. And he just never did. No. And then he started, then he just disappeared. Um, I was going to bring this up earlier and forgot because we were talking about the sentence. Did you see the clip from the Senators game last night of Nikita Zaitsev? hitting a guy from behind and then Hainsey picks the puck up and turns it over right in front of his own net. And I think they were playing Buffalo and they scored. It was, it was outstanding. No, 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 it no. was a, I, yeah, it was, it was Buffalo. Z- I, for, dude, I totally forgot about Zaitsev. I encourage all of you to go online and find it. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty. How about I gave you the, the CC Zaitsev ultimatum before? Oh my God. Who would I rather have? I think I've asked you that before, but I'm not sure. I, Maybe it was somebody else. At this point, honestly, I think I'd rather have Zaitsev. Oh, come on, man. No way. <laughs> like, no dude, way. Cody CC is, all, no is an awful way, bro. hockey player. I don't yeah. think so. Well, so Zaitsev. You're right. It's it's a coin flip. Garbage, Yeah, it's dude. a coin flip. Oh, yeah. boy. It's a coin flip. Yeah. All right. Before we go, Super Bowl prediction. Who are you picking? Oh man, this is tough. I, I this is one of the hardest ones. Great. I'm not a great. I'm not a great predict. Great matchup. There's a reason why I I participate in in-game betting cuz I'm not great at picking the winner beforehand. My 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 heart wants to say the Chiefs, but I my brain's leaning towards the 49ers. But I but yeah, oh man. I'm predicting it's going to be how how good is the 49ers offense? Yep. That to me that's what's going to decide this game. Yep. yep. Cuz Mahomes is going to turn it on at one point. He's too good. The 49ers defense is really good. The Chiefs defense is kind of 
some days, some games are good, some games, meh. So it's like, how good is Jimmy G and all the running backs and Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders? And like, let's, we're, we're going to find out. I'm predicting in the first half, the Niners jump out to like either a 14 or 21 nothing lead. And the second half will be Mahomes. It'll be showtime mode for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And we'll yeah. see and- if they can come back and win. But I, I think I think the Niners are going to come out like a house on fire. Kyle Shanahan's going to have that team prepared, and it's going to be similar to what's happened to the Chiefs a couple of times now, where they're going to jump out to a like a two three score lead, and Mahomes is going to have to bring them back, and we'll see if he's good enough. And as you just said, if the Chiefs' offense is good enough to do that. Yeah, I I think I think one thing I know for sure is Mahomes is the new goat. Yeah. As much as I love Brady, but like Mahomes is the go to this generation already. Yep. And it's like, can, is he's like that special or him and Andy Reed that special together to, to pull this one off? Cause I, I think the 49ers are one of the most well-balanced football teams I've seen in a long time. For sure. For sure. They're, they're, they're a powerhouse. Which was so. put on display when they absolutely dummied my Green Bay Packers in the NFC title game. I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll make my official prediction. Even though I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say chiefs. I'm picking with my heart. I'm going chiefs as well. Cause there's just no way that I'm cheering for the San Francisco 49ers. I, yeah. No, I'm way. not doing it. No way. Yeah. No. no. All right. So Ryan, I encourage you as soon as we get off here to go down and get in front of the TV and watch the second and third period of this Oilers flames barn burner. I will. All right. We'll see you next week, buddy. Thanks, everyone, for downloading. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.